It's the Tom and Perry Music Show. The Tom and Perry Music Show. The Tom and Perry Music Show podcast. 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 (laughs) Hey, everyone. Hello out there. This is the Tom and Perry Music Show. Show number 12. Is it 12, Perry? 12. Well, a part, you know, series two, number 12. Yeah, it's awesome. Right? Yeah. Uh, hello to everybody out there. And um, the Tom and Perry Music Show started a year ago this month. So we've done a really? year of shows, Perry. It's been a year. Congratulations, my friend. Wow. Can't believe it's been a year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just. All kidding aside, I want to thank everybody who listens and uh, especially want to thank Perry. Perry is the producer of the show. So, yeah, sometimes you hear me call him the Indiana Jones rock and roll. He's always digging <laughs> stuff up. He's always doing stuff. So thank you, Perry. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Riverside <laughs> FM. Yes, it yeah. is. Yep. <laughs> so, Tom. Yes. Today, Uh-oh. we have got a topic. Yes, you want to take sir. it from here? Yes, we do. REM. Anybody who listens to this show, thank you. But anybody who's listened to prior shows knows me and Perry stand second in no man in our love for the great <laughs> band REM. Um, REM. So, oh, so good. So good. We could talk all night. Oh, I guess I guess we will talk for a while. I guess we'll talk for a while about it. Yep. <laughs> but well, we have, uh, we have selected a song each. From yes. uh, from their first re- from their first five records, the IRS years, the IRS years, right? yes, Perry, yes, yes, they were and locked into this uh, vicious cycle—not vicious, but this regular cycle of recording a great album, touring it, resting, recording a great album, touring it, resting. You know, for five years in a row, it was great for absolutely five years in a row. In fact, I have the release dates laid on me on each record. Really? So you know, we'll when we. But of course, we're not counting um, the what was the EP? Chronic Town. Chronic Town. Yep. Chronic Town. That's a great EP by yep. itself. Yep. But we're going to cast that one aside for now because we're yeah. talking their albums. These rigid categories that we have. <laughs> right. Actually, to be honest, it's to keep it on some <laughs> somewhat on point because we love every one of these songs, Barry. Come on. Yes, but their first record, oh. Murmur. Oh yeah. What what was on the what was the uh, the trestle with the kudzu? Was that on the back cover or kudzu. was that on the front cover? Uh, isn't that on the back with the little pictures on it? I think so. Yeah, I don't have it here. It was just a cool, you know, just yeah. everything was cool about it. Oh yeah, right from the get go. April nineteen eighty three. Is that when it was? That's when it was released. April so, nineteen eighty three. Okay. Yep. Nice and. What a record, man! <laughs> so, you know, they a uh, radio free Europe. That's it. Um, moral kiosk. Um, catapult, catapult, catapult. <laughs> catapult. Um, it's just so like you can tell from their first record, the melod, the melodicism. Is that a word? Well, Uh-oh, I just made easy. it up. Keep it clean here, Perry. No, the melodicism. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it had so much melody. Every one of those songs is great. And, you know, at the time, too, and we, t- we discussed this before, but now that we're digging down into it, mm-hmm. it really was different from a lot of other music. You know, it was going, you know, it was off trend there, you know. It was, the, you know, the resurgence, the Beatles, the, um, Beatles, the birds with the jangly yeah. sound and stuff like that. It wasn't prevalent. These guys were like, you know. What I appreciate, though, about, like, well, we're talking about Bert Murmur right now, but yeah. the fact that Michael Stipe's voice was just another instrument. It wasn't up here. Yeah. It was all <laughs> it was all right here. You know it, what I mean? It was yeah, where it was. He absolutely. didn't want to be that, you know, that bellowing lead oh. singer who, you know, it's more mysterious. Like, I don't even know what the hell he's talking about or what yeah. he's saying, you know? Yeah, right from the start, they were different in such good yeah, ways. Yeah. That were just so, you know, apparent. Like, and, and, you know, 40 years ago, that is groundbreaking. You know, it was alternative. Absolutely. <laughs> so, really, the first song off the record is Radio Free Europe, isn't it? Radio Free Europe, absolutely. So, you want to, you want to try and hear a sample of Radio Free please, Europe from R.E.M.'s Murmur, 1983. Yes. yes. Great bass playing. Oh, dear God, never, Perry. 
Hell yeah. It's gonna fade out. Right off the bat, the, oh, bass, the bass playing by Mike Mills. It's great. It is so great, Perry. It's just so bouncy. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite record. Uh, that's my favorite song on that record. Give us a bouncy C. Give us a big bouncy C. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, what a record. What a, it, It's very, the record's very moody, right? It's very yeah. gloomy. And uh, well, glo- I don't mean gloomy in the sense that the songs are sad. No, they were just. But they are. There were some sad songs on there too. Sad sounding songs, I should say. But they were just different, you know. They were different than yeah. what would, that you were hearing on the radio that was accessible. You know, there's always going to be, you know. Right. They're not oingo boingo. Uh, right. It's it, it just. I don't know what the words I'm looking for. They weren't extremes. You know, they were accessible. They were just doing things differently. Yeah. You know. Yep. Oh man! And what a cool name, by the way, too. <laughs> REM. Regardless, of whatever it means, and whatever people think it means, this is REM. It's cool. Really, it's not very cool. It's not the REM. Yeah, REM. So REM were Peter Buck, Mike Mills, Michael Stipe, and Bill Berry. Oh dear God! Bill Berry on drums. What a drummer! Oh, and that that so that one that we heard was recorded. Was it at the Drive-In Studios? Or they, I think they may have used one other studio in North Carolina, or somewhere to record that one. But I think a lot of it was done by uh, Mitch Easter's Drive-In Studio really? in uh, North Winston Salem, North Carolina. I believe okay. that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, nice. It sounds so, so good too. I I chose Moral Kiosk. Did you really? Yeah, I chose Moral Kiosk and. Uh, Barry. I always love the strumming on the song and the abstract chords, and I've used them myself in some no, of my own it. songs, no, you know. You but uh, let's do. Uh, They're impossible not to. Let's do Moral Kiosk. Yes, for a please. Bit, okay. <laughs> Woo! Idle hands, scattered <laughs> scandals. Oh my God! Uh-huh. <laughs> Background vocals, man. Oh my God! So good. You know, if you two would have recorded that, it would have been 10 times bigger because they would have recorded this. They would have made the sound like it was in a stadium. But R.E.M. was just so subtle and just so real. Oh, it's, this is bringing back such great memories, Barry. You know, the difference is, you know, and they're, they're both great in their way, but this, this song, I just want to crawl into it, man. You know, it's just... Oh, yeah. Like, I, right off the bat, I don't know, like, is he saying shattered scandals in the I twilight? I don't scattered, care. Sca- you know, like, wow. It's just... But the way it all fit together, it's just like these guys, they were meant to be in a sense, you know, the record store thing, Peter Buck working in the record store, Mike, yep. Mike, Michael Stipe going into the record store, Peter putting records on the side for him and stuff. Absolutely. Definitely movie <laughs> stuff, man. You know, Peter Buck being one of these guys who knows one of those, one of those guys, Perry knows every song, you know, knows how to like, you know, bullshit his way through almost every song. You say, you say yeah. something you go, oh, from Pylon's third album, you mean, you know, one of those and, guys, and, and, but like, they, you know, they don't, they don't seem to have attitude. Well, you in know. the sense that you and I were recently talking on the phone, <laughs> and I was watching like an REM cover band. Oh yeah, Barry. called called I forgot what they were called. What I'll was be, the band? And but 
But Peter Buck is on stage playing with an Oreo. They sounded great. Right? Holy shit. So, so in other words, that is a guy who he's not above anyone else. Of course not. Right? That's part of the mystique. Well, it's not the mystique, it's the truth. Barry, groundbreaking in so many ways, this band. You know, how they formed it was like a storybook. How they departed is like a storybook. They've had people yeah. leave on good terms. I mean, all these things that don't yeah. really happen with bands. But also, they're all still friends. I mean, you know what's going on there? Oh, yeah. there must be, yeah. You know, I see. I see Michael Stipe and Mike Mills together oh, yeah. being interviewed oh, on yeah. radio stations in the UK and Canada yeah. and all over the, the place. The thing that I like about these, excuse me, uh, I know we're getting off topic here, but the thing I like I about know. those later um, interviews is they seem to really enjoy you know, their legacy, you know, they don't shy away from it. You know, they don't have to, you know, gloat or yeah. anything, but they seem to enjoy it. They don't run away from it, you know, yeah. and, you My, know, Michael Stipe even said, I saw him in an interview and he said, I can't believe we did that <laughs> <laughs> because they're just people already say that about a lot of things, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, <clears throat> exactly April 1984. A year later. Murmur came out in April 1983. Reckoning, their second album, comes out April 1984. Right there, the work ethic is like, yeah, every year we're, you know, no five-year gaps in between. We're giving you a record. Yeah, and, you know, good stuff, man. Yeah, really good stuff. What are we going to play from here? Well, Reckoning, their second record, recorded again at Mitch Easter's Drive-In Studio, North Carolina. Yeah. And it really was a garage. It really was his parents' garage, I believe. Yes, and, you uh, know, that's the other good thing. These these records sounded great when they came out. They well, they're they're like lo-fi classics to me. Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? And and, and I, I'm not meaning low lo-fi as as an insult. All it's, the good, none of the bad. I'm sorry. That's just basically yes, it. Yeah. You know. Yep. You know, done meticulously. You know, it's not slapdash, but it's just really good. But. Reckoning, their second record starts off with Harbor Coat. <laughs> Love that song. Stick by my Harbor Coat. We used to play this entire record. Don't Barry. go outside without wowed it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there were some. There's some real seven Chinese brothers Brother swallowing the ocean. The I always oh love to play that song. I still play it to this day. Oh, absolutely. I still sometimes you play that to. song. You have to. But anyhow. All right. From their second album, Reckoning, Tom Uh-oh. chose this song. Did you never call? For your calls, oh, yeah. A lovely song. Love that walking bass line. Oh my god. OMG, man. Oh, wow. WTF, OMG. Oh, my God, Perry. OMMFG, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) This is just... T-G-I-F-F. It is... What a song. What a beautiful song. Well, you know... And I love that little... I don't know what kind of... Almost like Barrel House sounding, but not Barrel House played like it's an upright piano it yes. sounds to me yes um but you know the bass part to this you know so when we had our band and we'd play the song this was the most enjoyable song to play you know no one's gonna play it like they did but we you know we were pretty good at this yeah. and it was just so much fun to play that song you could play it you could sing you know it was great it was well, great. Our, our band was called the remainders we spelled, wait, with, wait spelled with capital rem remainders <laughs> And that's that's a better name than some of these other ones. Right. You know? 
But the key feature is the REM is capitalized. Correct. Is- yeah. <laughs> which, which, oh, that's yeah. Yep. Oh, that was so much fun, my friend. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, we did it, you know, sometimes, uh, but we always put our own little thing on oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Too, because, absolutely. you know, we could, like, well, I don't know how the middle part goes. Tom's like, ah, well, I'll play around it. You know, <laughs> like, they're like, we know, you know we're going to get And there's to. the middle eight of the song, and we like, swing it back around, and, oh, you know, yeah. we're That's in a verse it. again, That's right? It. We've only listened to the song for what, six, seven million times? <laughs> we'll figure it out. I mean, uh, these records, yeah. I played yeah, so the grooves fun. out of Murmur, played the grooves out of them, man. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm on my third medium now that, you know, now CD yeah. no longer, you know, hip. I got to, you know, finally go digital to, you know, whatever. Yep. But, you know, I get <laughs> there has to be a fresh copy of yeah. all these records in my collection at all times. And and of course, we haven't mentioned and there's no need to mention because it's irrelevant. The uh, amount of records it's sold, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's a classic yeah. no. No, it's it's damn it's a, record. All right, I'm getting pissed record. off now. Sorry. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Perry, you're in a safe place. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so here, REM's Perry. first here, album, Perry. Murmur, 1983. Right. Reckoning, one of my personal favorite records. I love that record. Go. That's 1984. Go. Yeah. Yeah. What a second record. Oh dear God. Now for their third record, they went. This? They recorded in England. Oh yes. Right. The Joe Boyd record. Joe Boyd, famous for uh, oh, what? Uh, Pink Floyd, early, those Pink Floyd singles. Yeah, kinda, uh, see uh, Emily play and uh, uh, Nick Drake. A, a I Nick believe Drake. he was Nick Drake's yes, mentor. Yeah, right? yes, yes. We discussed this thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> and many others. Yeah. 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 And you know what? It turns out, too. I remember exactly when this record came out. I remember it was in the summertime. It's got to be the July yeah. or somewhere around then. And, um, Oh wait, but I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. I never what? played my selection. Well, I was going to say, I, I didn't want to be rude. Where am Barry. I? Am I in a time warp? Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do the time warp. <laughs> and it's order, Perry. All right, so we're still on. We're still on reckoning. Their second yeah. LP. Well, you know, you picked. Know. Tom picked South Central Rain. Everyone, yeah, I picked I Letter Never Sent. Oh, Another Perry. lovely little song. <laughs> oh shit! With a lovely little melody. So let's do Letter Never Sent. Yes, please. His voice is an instrument, not a lead. What a great odd beat. Oh my God. Don't know what he's saying here, but it's beautiful. Thought of the, I thought of the catacombs. I mean, where these are okay. wonderful lines, right. so and obscure. We and we didn't have the internet to look these up. It was just like you were like going on faith that it played the record. Yeah, and, you know, it was so. Ugh, these songs are great. But their Every first two records were ones we I just dropped the needle. It wasn't a lot of picking Hell the needle yes. up and putting it here, putting here. No, 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 no throwaways. Radio no for filler. Europe, the whole side. Flip it over, and same thing with Reckoning, their second record. Yeah. Oh, what a yeah. great song that was! Letter never sent. Oh, it's so nice. And they get even better. They get even better. But like, like we were just saying before, I, uh, I forgot to play that. But uh, sorry out there, people. <laughs> but uh, now we're on their third record called Fables of the right Reconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I fucked up. Perry will be Perry will be all right. <laughs> Fables, uh, fables of the reconstruction. Like I said, I think this was in the summertime, wasn't it? <laughs> it was released in June, nineteen eighty-five. Ah. Yep, no, uh, like a year later, pretty much the, in a few the, months. The, and, uh, the English record, but this even is, then, they recorded this time in too. the UK. 
Yeah, but they're doing it like what? Earlier in the year because it's supposed to be in the wintertime. So it's like the winter of 1985. They said the weather was really bad or something, and it was like they just couldn't wait to get back home to, <laughs> to Athens, Georgia. Yeah, and, and traditionally, like, a lot of people didn't like this record, you know? And <laughs> looking back at it, everybody likes this record. Even they do. Peter well, Buck said that. It, it, it's, the, again, the growth, the growth is um, obvious now because so – Murmur, you know, nice little lo-fi thing, right? Right. Uh, Reckoning, nice little lo-fi. And I'm not saying lo-fi is insulting. You know what I mean? It's the, Absolutely. You know, and uh, now they're on Fables of the Reconstruction with Joe Boyd. Yeah. And the sound is evolving again, which is what true artists do. They're evolved. Yep. They just yep. keep evolving. A little bit different. You yep. Know. So from this record, and the, the two samples I have here were a remix. So the sound is... They, they these records were remixed, really. And, yeah, yep. You know, I was going to comment on that before. The guitars are so rich in that, you know. Well, I, I don't know about the first two records, but Fables of the Reconstruction is remixed, and you can tell how the song that you chose can't get there from here. Uh oh. Is you can tell it's the fidelity is a lot different. So really. Let's give it a little uh, Please. earful. let that one go because the chorus is great right <laughs> how to it's get so there good. i don't know the way in a philo math philo math is where i'll go like i'm telling you perry so you know i picked that one as my favorite because that's the first record i was conscious of being released by rem yeah yep. and i'm upstate at some campground that's lake taconic and we couldn't get any radio station this is how old mm-hmm. school it was you brought a you know a boom box and we got this like college um we got a college station come through and it played this like three times over the course of the day and it was such a catchy song man had horns in it you know oh, it was yeah, a different yeah. sound it was a different sound you know different from them but know? just the way the song starts do 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 it's a little funky it's a little this yeah. it's a little right and you know all of these is so fun to play you know and, you know yeah you know, yeah. Oh, so much fun. But anyway, that was now, my from pick. Fables of the Reconstruction, I chose Green Grow the Rushes. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so melodic. It's so it's beautiful. Like, these songs are in our heads because really we've were. played these records so, so many times. Yes. So yes. Green Grow the Rushes, let's just give it a give it a go. Such an earworm. I love it. Woo!
good lord man it's just everywhere you go the guitar is melodic the bass playing is melodic the singing is melodic the drum everything is melodic it's just so pleasing. Yeah. It's just so pleasing. It really is. Unbelievable, man. And, you know, and now, you know, I almost get verklempt. <laughs> I know. You know I remembering know. these songs and how big they were in our lives, man. You know, we were so into yeah. these guys. So into but, but I always have this thing, too, about like bands like R.E.M. and bands like the Feelies. Another band, a band from New Jersey that I love is like, we can do that. I can do that yes. stuff. I know those chords. Yes. And I yes. know what Peter Buck is doing. Exactly. You know, like, uh, exactly. I know what he's doing. But, I exactly. mean, they have their own techniques where he does a little 12-string, you know, he'll be playing something around, then he'll add a little 12-string bit for a few bars. Like, that's right. that's their thing, you know? But, uh, you know, like, the musicians that we were, we're like, you know, that's a band that's attainable you know let's write our songs and you know and they were kind of sounded like that because the yeah, same instrumentation yep. that's what we're listening to you know absolutely man what's that old thing they say about the velvet underground you know everyone who bought that peter record buck, peter buck said that that goes uh a thousand people bought the velvet underground's first album but every one of them started a band exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> you know and that's i believe rem kind of kept that going like a lot absolutely. of people that listen to rem absolutely. started or at least started writing songs yeah yeah it's just you know uh you, when you hear a song like that it's so pleasing man if you, you come a, a billionth of that you've done you've done well <laughs> yeah yep unbelievable good deal so how about we move up to their fourth album okay july 1986 life's rich pageant oh dear another great record irs records i don't know i think they uh well the first two records were of course mitch easter and uh maybe who worked with mitch easter don dixon i knew it is don dixon was it don dixon that was uh kind of working in the studio with uh, mitch easter and um I think so, and but of course, the third record they went to uh, they went to the UK and worked with Joe Boyd. Now I believe Lysridge Pageant. Uh, I know they worked with Don Gaiman, who was uh, I guess most famous for working with Johnny Mellencamp. John Mellencamp, yeah, right. But I'm not sure if he was the producer on this record. But uh, you know what? We'll figure it out, or maybe. Uh, Maybe if anybody knows out there, you can email us and let us know. And uh, I don't have a laptop. Well, the laptop, I'm using it. So I can't just, uh, I can't like leave the show and go search and come back. So. Fire up the telegraph, Barry. <laughs> Morse code. Beep, beep, yeah, right. beep, beep, beep. But anyway, um, Life's Ridge Pageant, July 1986. Tom and I, oddly enough, chose the same song. Oh my God! I'm which sorry. is what if we give it away? Oh my goodness! Right? It's just it's seductive, Perry. I so, remember uh, hearing this, and it's just so seductive. So That's for, why I we're only it. gonna have one song from Life's Rich Pageant because Tom and I chose the same words. <laughs> like, I can't. There, hey, I can't no not. surprise there, man. You know, I can't not, Perry. This is like my favorite yeah. song of this record. It's like, uh, well, let me get this thing uh, between my ears. Here we go. Do it. Oh, yeah. On the outside, underneath the yeah. wall, now. all the money, the revolver. the fact that like you get a little moody blues thing in there Jesus. you know like uh, you know it's just, you, you so john boxes. lord but not john lord um justin hayward uh, yeah. right and john lodge doing that thing you know, great 
you know, they they only made that one record with that guy, you know. Um, yeah. You know, but it's so direct and accessible. You yeah. Know? I'm one of those weirdos who I didn't really like to hit, you know, fall on me. You know, that was, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, you know, it, it was almost necessary. It was a top 10 hit, you know. It really I'm was. I'm curious if that was Don Gaiman on that one because the drum sound is like the Kenny Aronoff sort of. Yep. Yep. It's it's high, it's, it's, high snare, tighten snare. Yep, it's direct. Very it's, crisp. Yep, it, yeah. Yep. It's, it's, you know, radio friendly, you know, but not slick. You well, know? We're noticing this now. The evolution is being Absolutely. noticed, right? Absolutely. They're getting bigger, yeah. you know, still on IRS. Still on IRS. In fact, they have one more record for IRS records. They're fifth. Wait a minute. What, what was your song on this? We picked the same one. What if we oh, give it away? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm looking out for you. I'm here for you, Perry. <laughs> now, September 1987. July 1986 was uh, Life Search Pageant. September 1987. Document. Oh no. man, what another great like masterpiece. They're getting better and better and better. Perfect. Um, to me, it's their masterpiece. It's it's not there's not a weakness on it. They're fully realized. Yeah. You know, not to not to overanalyze yeah. or anything. And and it's just a, a bag full of awesome. Yeah. Stuff. I, I mean, I had every one of these albums. Yeah. I had every one of these LPs. So did I. At one point. I you yeah. know, my, they're all been given away and uh, but right. the point is. I dropped the needle, and I'm not kidding. You know, you you know, you know how many times in the records have you been like, "Oh, that song sucks." Click, click. Exactly. Let, let's get to the hit. Exactly. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I I should say no more, but you know, like, uh, <laughs> but you understand the point. Like, REM is let's the drop the needle and leave it. Right. It's a work of art, and how they used to always like, you know, um, you know, those gimmicks with you know the, this side, the other side, and you know everything like that. They always made it distinct like that. They were in on it, so it wasn't accidental. I felt like yeah. nothing they did was accidental. You know, it was all you. And and for this record, you picked a great song. With like an Indian Eastern sort of influence on it, King of Birds. Oh my God! <sighs> and like uh, I have a, uh, in fact, <laughs> listening to it recently, I inspired <laughs> me. Like, you know, I want to get out my uh, my friggin' not a dobro, but I want to get out my southern, you know, mountain instrument, my uh, yeah, dulcimer, dulcimer, and try and play this song, you know, with the drone. So let's listen to a bit of King of Birds. Yes, Tom's yes. choice from Document. Yeah, September nineteen eighty seven. R E M. <laughs> Million birds fly. The singer, sing me a given. Singer, sing me a song. Stand on the shade of silver. Oh my God! Oh my God! Tom. You know, it has the martial drum, so already, uh, you know, you got me. Yeah, the pocket. military style. Yeah, uh, yeah, brum, yeah. Brum, yeah, yeah, and then the instrumentation a bit. Boom, but boom, it's got that drone, bass. which yes, I love. Exactly, and I love exactly. that drone. Yeah, fly away. Yep. <laughs> and he says, "What does he say? Singer, sing me a gibbon. Sing me a given. A given. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I think see, that, you know what, Perry, I have to uh, admit this. You know what a bookworm I am, but I've never actively seeked out REM lyrics. Neither have I. I know some of them. You know, I think right. he's saying given. 
you know, like, is that a given, right. you know, like as a figure of speech, but I, I'm not, I can't swear to it. So nobody please. And, and, and I don't really want to know well, that's what he's it, saying. You know, sometimes because you know, that's the great thing is like, you know, it means what you want it to mean. You know, these were the first guys to me, you know, and I was in my, you know, whatever that, you know, these were works of art. I know that sounds so stupid, you know, but, you know, and people have said that all the time, but these no. albums, there was, there was so much put into it, it from the it, packaging and everything like yeah. that. You know, it was a blank canvas and here it is. And it's art all the way around because was this the one where they had Bill Berry with his unibrow on the cover? (laughs) Right? (laughs) No, that was was a document. No, no, it was the one before. (laughs) Oh, it was Life Search Pageant. But the point is the you you know what I mean? They're not they don't need they don't need hypnosis. To yeah, do right. an album cover for them. They don't have to, you know what I mean? Like, maybe we'll take the picture for the album cover, you know? Exactly, yeah. exactly, you know? And, and Michael's Mike, a photographer. Yeah. And they're he, all photographers. And, you know, he's turned yeah. out to have such a, a, you know, a huge career outside of music, you know, as a photographer and visual artist and, you know, movie yeah, producer yep. and shit, you know? But I chose Uh-oh. from R.E.M.'s. Uh, fifth album, final album for IRS, excluding Eponymous because IRS released sort of a, like a greatest hits package. Right. But that was not, a, you know, an official REM album. They didn't really uh, record anything. It was all existing tapes and whatever else. Right. So I chose Disturbance at the Heron House oh my God. <laughs> for mine. So let's give it a go for a minute. Under the honor roll. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, go ahead. No, I'm going to say, I remember, and this is, you know, uh, I apologize to our listeners, but me and Perry go back so far. I remember when he loved this song at the time. Yeah. Yep. And, <laughs> and when, he, when he first goes into, Cole came into Party Central, you hear that high vocal. Yeah. I don't know if it's Michael doing it again or Bill Berry or somebody on top of it. But... Or those lyrics, the way he repeated himself, but he, you know, like, unabashedly i'm thinking wow he's like you know the monkeys and the monkeys you know it just okay yeah yeah you know oh man that's his that's the deal you know it, it was oh influential on g <laughs> they are a great band <laughs> and, and you know i can't i don't want you want to say they were a great band because they still exist absolutely i visited absolutely. their their uh their web their web page multiple times i bought shirts from them i support them and uh very anecdotally, I remember you and I were discussing this many years ago. That, that album, Accelerate, yeah. was in my CD player in my Celica yeah. for almost an entire year. Yep, yep. And I, <laughs> I still well, we'll love get, that. We'll record. get to the Warner Brothers know, years on, in a in a future <laughs> show, right? I know, but but you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know, we're, we're that type of music people. Yeah. You know? But while we're on the subject, oh, I have some REM related trivia. Stop it now. Perhaps I can stump you listeners out there and uh, our co-host, Tom <laughs> Griffith. He's in no condition. No, go ahead. Can you name for me R.E.M.'s first platinum album? <sighs> platinum, I guess, being a million in sales. Okay. Right? All right. That's that's fair. That's a yeah. fair. That's a fair question, Perry. 
And I am going to say first million sales. First platinum album. Okay, pl- okay, yeah. all right, fair yep. enough. So, so yep. they wouldn't first million, million sales. Okay. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Out of time. No, it's it's an IRS rec- recording. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's Are one you of these me? five records that we uh we spoke about. Uh document. Um is that your final answer? <laughs> I'm not doing that to you. <laughs> because you're gonna change your mind. But yeah, REM's first platinum album was document. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was about to change it, man. Don't do that. I know. You're so you're, you're so easy, Tom. You're Is that your final fool. answer? Well, no. He's using a Jedi mind trick. Now, oh shit! This one is going to be uh, you. You and our REM fan listeners out there are familiar that REM had eponymous. They had Dead Letter Office. Yes. They had some of these songs. That were like two tracks that they did right off on the two track machine and things like that, right? Okay. So the, the song I'm talking about is not on these first five records. So the question is, which hard to locate REM song was used in the soundtrack for the Tom Hanks comedy Bachelor Party? <gasps> and it's on one of those hit like you know dead letter office eponymous type records okay, those. okay. yeah um can we play 21 questions okay is it is it a cover song it's an rem original it's an rem original it's an okay. rem original yeah and it's not on one of these early five song uh, albums it's not on any of these irs albums okay it's on a package album yeah i don't know perry man you got me stomped there uh wind out and oh you're out on the wind out. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> wind out, wind out, wind out. Yep. And that was on Dead Letter Office. I think right? it was on Dead Letter Office, but yeah. that was apparently used in the soundtrack to the Tom Hanks comedy Bachelor Party. You know, Perry, when we were discussing this project, you know, this this show, I went looking into my archives. I could not find Dead Letter Office in any medium. You know, I thought I had it on cassette. Really? Yeah, because that had a lot of good stuff written by the band about songs. I think Peter Buck annotated it, or some one of them did. You know, had some good insights. Well, oh, some well. of the what was the name of that REM cover band? I can't. Uh, well, oh, they were called Dead Letter Office. Dead Letter Office. <laughs> and then there was another one called Murmur. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, you and I had. But a the REM Mainders are the best, man. <laughs> like, absolutely. I mean, that was just absolutely. The Remainders, capital I, I, REM. <laughs> <laughs> We were oh, on, man. We were on. Absolutely. We used to play Begin the Begin. Oh, we played we, I used to play Seven Chinese Brothers. Oh, my right? goodness. It was so much fun. And, Driver you know, 8. And you know how much fun it is to play the bass on those. And, and you know, yeah. I hope our listeners don't get the wrong impression. We weren't nearly, you know, we're not even in the same building as these other people, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it was just fun playing them, you know. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Man. Nice overview there, Perry, man. The IRS yeah, so th- those were uh, REM's, the IRS years, their first five records. Really? Yeah. Have you got anything else to talk about, Tom? Uh, let's see. Um, oh, Perry, did I ever tell you the thing about the Lou Reed tape? What? What do you mean a Lou Reed tape? <laughs> all right. So What's check all it this out. then? What's all this then? Yeah, settle down. Settle down. Uh, um, I was reading this thing about, you know, early ways to copyright your own material. Yeah. So I remember years and years ago, I mean, when I was a kid, Perry, that, you know, one way to do it would be like, let's say you had something written down, a story or something like that. Yeah. You would mail it to yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. And not open it. Okay. So you, right. you heard that. Okay. I've done it, I believe. <laughs> I, I know I did. <laughs> so anyway, the point of the story is. But, but oddly enough, the one I mailed to myself is now in a dead letter office because <laughs> yeah, I have no right? idea where it is. But anyway, sorry, Tom. Go ahead. No, no. So Lou Reed, um, one of his er- most early projects was like nine or ten songs that he recorded with John Cale. And like five. I now again, John Cale, all the-, the Welshman. Right. Right. So all you people out there who know the exact details, please don't take my head off. This is just anecdotal. I'm making, you know. And um, anyway, so they had like a little reel, reel-to-reel tape. Yeah. And he got a guy to notarize it. 
the outside of the envelope. You know, he sealed it and the notary signed, you know, that, you know, he put right. the notary seal on it. Then he mailed it to himself. Okay, this is like 1962 or something like that, whatever. After Lou Reed died, his wife hired a couple of guys. I don't know if he hired them or she hired them. Anyway, a, a, a couple of, you know, authentic. A couple of goons? No, no. <laughs> I mean, no. Ar- archivists. Just... They were legitimate yes, yep. archivists. were yep. going through his collection, which was extensive. And apparently they moved something on his desk and this tape came out in the same condition it had been in since 1962. Wow. Yes, and they opened it up, and it was apparently, you know, you know, salvageable, way salvageable with today's technology. And it was a couple of, it was a couple of interesting interpretations of, um, you know, later uh, Velvet Underground songs and solo songs. I don't know exactly which, but the whole point of the story was this interesting how that actually worked for what was it, sixty years, seventy years? Yeah. <laughs> so Jesus. yeah, I'm sure they digitized it or whatever you do exactly. now, right? Whatever, to... it, whatever it takes. But it was fascinating that. So this still is places early Lou Reed pre Velvet Underground. Absolutely. Wow, <laughs> isn't that amazing? That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And it's going to be released, hopefully. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is all, you know, this was some years ago. I mean, I don't know the exact status, you know. I, I guess I should have, <laughs> I guess I should have jumped on that wicked playing or something, you know. Well, you know, I think it's a cool thing. I mean, think about, you know, like, uh, you know, you know, Yoko Ono giving, you know, the, the, the surviving Beatles a cassette of John singing. Isn't that a You know, I mean, but this is better quality because Lou Reed was singing into a reel-to-reel machine. And right. not only that, not only that, Barry. Think of uh, you know, think of us as you know, musicians for you know, more than forty years. You know, in our own way, we have extensive archives. You know, it's just yeah. interpreting yeah. it, and you know, and you know, all musicians have that. You know, somewhere it's like, oh, I got a shoebox full of cassettes. Yeah, and you know, I know it's- everyone needs an archivist. Yeah, and uh, and uh, in our role, it's you. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one who I got the last, you know, what was it, the test game or whatever it is, cassette to CD burner. Yeah, yep. That's what I needed because we had boxes of cassettes. I spent two yeah. years, you know, putting everything on this. A song here and a song there. Exactly. And a, a decent copy of a, a live version of Nothing was written on the outside, a, so you yeah, had to listen yep. to the whole thing. God, that was <laughs> that, to, from 2013 to 2016. That's all I did, man. <laughs> Good times, though. Good times. Yep. We found a lot of nuggets. But anyway. Any other stray stories? Uh, no. What, weren't we talking about a, a concert gag or something? Didn't you have something about? Um... Didn't you say something? Didn't you say something to me the other day on the phone about David Lee Roth concert story or something? Oh, well, you know. So I'll tell you this: I saw David Lee Roth three times in ten days. How on earth? In nineteen eighty, did you fall asleep at the venue or something? No, no. He played the Brendan Byrne Arena in uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Right. Yeah. Yep. Like so, check out this timeline, Perry. So, like the first week in in October, yeah, he played um, Brendan Byrne Arena. Then on my birthday, which is the tenth, or now I'm getting a little confused. He played at the Garden, and then like you know, three days later, he played back at the Brendan Byrne Arena. So he played Brendan Byrne Arena like twice, like a week apart, yeah. and in between, he played the Garden. I went to all three of those shows. So he was doing a New York area tour, right? Exactly. And I, and I look back on it, it's like, why the hell did I do it? Wait, you know, so well, it was, well, I want to know. Did you? So who would you see? Steve Vai was. Uh, so it was this. It still had the Steve Vai band. So it was wow. October of 1987, and I looked it up on uh, YouTube. Going crazy, going crazy. That so, was his big song. It was like a top well, forty-eight. So you had you saw David Lee Roth with Steve Vai on guitar. Right. Who was the bass player? Billy Sheehan? Billy Sheehan? Was that the guy? Um, there were brothers. The drummer and the bass player were brothers. Do you remember really? their name? Hey, somebody somebody email us if you know if you know yeah, who they are. I mean, we're terrible. Know? Again, you know, at the Tom Perry Music Show, we don't get, you know, caught up on facts. We refuse to go to Wikipedia. What's the fun of that? You can get that anywhere, right, Perry? <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm not sure who they were. I thought it was Billy Sheehan. You I know, think you but, would be right, but then who's the who's the who's the drummer then? I I don't know. I'd like to know if anyone out there knows, man. You <laughs> know, like uh well comment, yeah. comment, no, uh, you know, send us an email at the uh at the Tom and Perry Music Show at gmail.com. <laughs> you know, the girl I was dating, you know, I, I think we had plans. I had plans with somebody to go on my birthday. You know, it was a hoot and a holler. And, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, we weren't huge David Lee Roth friends, but we were big Van Halen friends. So, 
figure what the hell and i have to from what i remember a lot of it was very flamboyant with like you know flying surfboards and shit like that you know yeah well david lee roth come on he's a showman you know right who's the guitar player again what's the guy dude got Uh, dark yeah steve i steve so he had one guitar with like nine necks and shit you know so it was that it was that that time you know yeah when the heavy metal guys were like swinging their (laughs) you know guitars around that guy could play man that guy played with frank zappa and uh you know that guy can play guitar and he's got his own studio out there as well in uh, california somewhere yeah yeah one of those guys play anything so david so how was was his voice good or was his voice shot was it it, uh, it was fine you know it was fine it it, it was the more the gag was you know that's how we did you know i was like in my mid-20s that's what we did in those days you know it was so accessible to go to a concert you know it cost like 25 bucks or whatever you know yeah yep so you could go to as many as you really wanted to. If it was sold out, then you work something out. But nowadays, you know, when the face value is, you know, 780 bucks and you can't get one on the secondary market, it's two grand. I mean, I can't. I haven't been to a concert yeah. in years. Yeah, I heard I heard that uh, at Glastonbury was, uh, Al, you know, Axel von douchebag <laughs> and slash like they they actually played there like the guns and roses was there oh yeah duff was there They're the whole band was there duff was there absolutely no not is he though huh no 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 dude they've been doing a very successful tour for like the last five years man with slash and uh the whole original band i think it was uh, now don't quote me again but it was you know the three big guys you know yeah. axel Duff and Slash, yeah. and I think it was um, who was the keyboard player? Dizzy, somebody. Oh, I don't know. Right, and then a a, a a girl backup singer. I don't know who the drummer is. I don't think it was Matt Sorum. I don't know who was the drummer, but anyway, they had a tour like four or five years ago. And it was very successful, and then you know, I guess they're well, keeping it up. Very recently, they played Glastonbury. Yeah, and it was well reviewed. Was well reviewed. I heard a clip from it. Oh no! What did you think? Axel did not sound good. Really? Yeah, did not to me. It didn't sound good. Really? Yeah, but uh, of course, Slash sounds great. So, you know, no he's one, got no one says going to be Slash easy. tone is Slash. You know, he's got his own tone. You know? <laughs> he's still got that big head of hair too, man. <laughs> slash the got the top hat, right? <laughs> that's the Axel Saul looks- Hudson. That's the Saul Hudson image, you know. <laughs> Axel looks a little funky, you know. I mean, you know, he looks his age. He doesn't look particularly bad. Nobody looks particularly bad. They just look so different, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we beef, we beefed about the baby boomers. Everyone's gonna beef about us. We won't go away. <laughs> we we are not though. We're Generation Jones. We Generation Jones. Sixties a new forty, bro. Never had to duck and cover under my desk in school. Right, right. Never so had to go know. to Vietnam. Don't remember you know? the Beatles. Didn't see Sullivan. the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Hell, show. No. I had my head in a I was asleep. Exactly. When I was a kid, seeing some, some guy spin dishes on top of a stick on the Ed Sullivan <laughs> show. <laughs> you know? The first band I remember uh, seeing Perry was um, Tommy James. Yeah. Yep. And uh, do you remember that song? Um, do you remember that band, Smith? Absolutely, I remember that band oh Smith. God. They did a cover of "Baby It's You." That was their big hit. They did yeah. that on Ed Sullivan. Man, it was so it was so formative to a little yeah. seven year old Tom. Man, I was like, wow, that just blew me away, man. Well, the the thing I realized about the Ed Sullivan show is that they wouldn't let you really play live. You always had to do a backing track and you know, they sing along some, with your backing track. Exactly, or, some control. They always had to have their finger. In yeah, their yeah. Really, well, Ed shoot. Sullivan's. Son-in-law, I think, was the producer or something, and because he had a really big shoe. Period. He was the one that banned. He was the one that banned Jim Morrison. You know, <laughs> or no, what was light? Uh, you know that it would be light. You know, we couldn't get much higher. Like, oh wow, he said higher. You know, like and that was what 1967. You couldn't say that on television. Like, what are we? In the- <laughs> Perry, did you ever see uh, the Doors? Did I ever movie? see them? The movie? No, the, no, the movie. Yeah, Oliver with Val Stone. Kilmer? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, I did. So Oliver, I saw, Oliver Stone movie. Exactly. Yeah. So I saw it when it first came out. And, you know, it was great, you know, and everything like that. Yeah. And then I saw it recently, and I had a whole new take on it. And now it's 
you know, it's still a great movie. It's it's tender in its own way. The way they treated well, the, way the, 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 the I, I had I had issues with uh, like Val Kilmer was fucking great. Yeah, you know, but the dude playing like Robbie Krieger or one of those other guys, like <laughs> at least get somebody who knows how to play the goddamn guitar. That was you know the, what I mean or. That you was know the middle I mean, blow. I mean, the, the drummer could kind of get away with it a little bit, but you know. I used to tell people is they used to go like uh, that movie with Ralph Macchio where he was like the blues man, you know, like you oh know, yeah, yeah. You know, that guy I forgot what it's called. Like ah oh, hell, I'm the blues. He's from Long Island, you know. Uh, like that no. guy could not play the fucking like he didn't even. It was complete bullshit. He couldn't, you play know. Well. You could always tell like hire an actor who actually knows how to play guitar, like the dude oh, that oh, played Elvis. Yeah. Actually, is a good guitar player. Who? The guy that played Elvis Presley in that movie from last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. You said you like that him. guy's uh, a Austin good Butler. guitar player. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's a good guitar player. You're right. You can always tell uh, someone yeah. who at least knows their way around the guitar. You know. You can tell, like even when I used to watch the Monkees, Michael Nesmith knew how to play the guitar. You just right. knew it. That's why it was like I took to Michael. You know, I, that was that was my guy, man. You know, and I wanted to be like Last Train to Clarksville. I wanted to be that guy. You know, but you knew he knew how to play. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that was uh, yeah. I didn't get that from some of these movies. I don't get that from like The Doors and uh, okay, right, fair enough. You know, like I'm a bit of a stickler for those kind of things. You know, like even uh, what's his name. Uh, Jack Phoenix, Jack Queen Phoenix playing oh, yeah. Johnny Cash. Really? So they would show him strumming, but they wouldn't show his left hand. You know, in the cuts, okay. they wouldn't really show his left hand. Oh, yeah. They'd show him dipping and bending like Johnny and whatever, you know, but, <laughs> you know, because he didn't really know how to play the guitar. Yeah. Oh, man. So why show his hand? So, like, that movie I, I enjoyed because they didn't have to show his hands. Yeah, but Perry, you would think if they were making a big movie like that, why why wouldn't they spend some money and actually give them guitar lessons for just like? Well, no, know. they hire people to to like uh, on that thing you do, right? The Tom Hanks, uh, the Tom right. Hanks movie, right. that thing you do. They had they had guys that were hired to teach them, right? To you know play bar chords and this and that, and you could fake them, but. Both those guys in that thing you do did not know how to play guitar. They were just following along with somebody in front of them who would oh, go, go like this, you know, oh, really? and like, you do this, mimic what I'm doing, do what I'm doing, you know? Oh, is that how they do that? I, I suppose that's how they do oh, it. Boy, yeah. That's a genius. I didn't even yeah. think. <laughs> I, 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 that's how I would that. do it. If I were an advisor on these that. movies and somebody right. doesn't know how to play guitar, it's supposed to come off as a guitar player. Wow. I would just have, I'd be off camera and have them following me, you know? Perry, it, it, I, I just want to finish with this. I'm such a rube that way. I never would have figured that out. It was like I was the last person on earth to figure out in movies when to show somebody like whipping through, you know, like a, somebody's yeah. driving through a parking lot. They're actually on top of like a trailer that's yeah. moving, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Tom's like, wow. Yeah. That's why they don't really have to look at the, you know, I don't even have to look at the road. You know? Exactly. I'm thinking, how'd they get away with that? <laughs> Well, Tom, anyway. I had a I had a blast tonight, yes, man. Yes, lots of I had laughing. a blast tonight talking lots about R E M from Athens, Georgia. Well, now they're from scattered all over the country. Well, but yeah. uh, like all of us. Well, the the records that we covered, they were R E M from Athens, Georgia. They really in fact, were. Their their headquarters is still in Athens, Georgia. Is it really? Oh yeah, they have a building well, that's there. Right. They, yeah, they, yep. there's, the, there's still a huge going concern. You know? Yeah, they have, like they have a great website. Records. There's always R E M news. That's There's true. always, you know, they'll have a Michael Stipe release. They'll have the uh, the baseball project with Mike Mills, Peter Buck, and all the other bands that Peter Buck is in. I, you know, it's funny you say that because one of my English magazines, apparently, in addition to all his other bands, he was doing this thing strictly over the computer with this guy in England. Yeah. yeah. And they put out like two records. Uh, one was during the pandemic. One was something else. It's like the guy is so prolific. But it's still hilarious that he played with that band. Great name for a record company, too. Pandemic cool. Records. Like, got to do it, Tom. Got to do, do it. it. Let's do it. Someone's probably done. You look it up on your computer. Yeah. After done, done. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh. You know? oh, Perry, I'm such a dreamer. But anyway, listen, thank, I want to thank our listeners. Um, again, it's been uh, yeah. we've been doing the show for a year. It's been nothing but fun for us. And uh, 
It's been a year. It's been a year. Leon Redbone. Let's kick in the closing theme with Leon Redbone. Good night, everyone. 